Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I was brave because I left my podcast edit to the last minute. It's less than 12 hours before the 6.30am release time that I made myself give my podcast. And it's been a while since I left it this late to finish the edit. And you may remember that at some point, or I think I remember, because who knows, I don't even know anymore if my memory is real. But you may remember that in the past, my brave thing I did for this intro was to edit a bunch of episodes way in advance and scheduling them in. And the bravery there was that the world could end in the meantime, right? And I'd have a really silly episode, The Day the World Ends, and that's just ridiculous, right? But it's also a little bit silly that I give myself kudos for being brave for two contrasting things. But that's where I am, guys. I'm just trying to give myself permission to do as much or as little as I want and to try and find some balance in the things I'm doing. Because even though I've always worked from home, working from home in a pandemic is slightly different. Not having like your usual leisure time with friends where you'll be distracted because you're just having loads of fun with friends. And so you won't even look at your phone and see that things are popping up at work because it's not your work time. So you're just having fun with friends. That's harder to get now. So you're constantly connected to your devices and not resting so I've been trying to separate both things if I tell myself at the beginning of the week that every day I will take an hour to exercise and something comes up before that hour that I'm going to exercise every day I don't care I'll do it later now it's my hour to exercise I'm trying to close these motherfucking rings on my watch I'm so sorry That's also probably the reason I left this episode to edit so late. Because I've been exercising every day and closing those rings. I've been doing more than closing the rings. I'm going twice around the rings. And it's very satisfying. But it also means that other things get a little bit delayed. I've also like written a ton. I also read and cooked and went for walks with friends. So, you know, I'm trying... Like, to reach some sort of balance of work, exercising, eating well, reading and watching movies, and go out with people and have, like, real-life conversations. Doing my best, guys. Let's see how long I keep it up. As for Dowdy, this episode starts as it always does, with my guest, Kathy Maniura, introducing herself. Hi, I'm Kathy Manura. I am a character comedian and wig enthusiast. That's how I describe myself. Ah, uh, yeah. You have a lot of wigs and that's they're a lot of fun. <laughs> and I love seeing your videos pop up and I have a lot of wigs. Find out which new wig you're going to have. <laughs> yeah. Which wig will it be today? Yeah, I yeah, just moved and uh, we have an extra wardrobe which has become the wig wardrobe. 
And there is genuinely just like a whole drawer of wigs. And I feel it's I feel so proud they finally have a home. I sometimes think if anything happens to me, uh, knock on wood, and anyone needs to come in my house and like check what I have around, like there will be weird things, but a, a, a drawer of wigs is a fun one. Yeah, I, um, I heard, I can't remember who it was, another comedian talking on a podcast about like flying to a show that they were doing with a suitcase that was like it was full of like wigs and it had like a, a doll <laughs> in it and they got stopped in customs and taken aside and they were like sorry what what are you doing they were like we're comedians <laughs> which i yeah. relate to i also like, i listened to a podcast from nicole Bayer and she was also she was doing a show apparently where she had a lot of dildos i think it was her and she drives a car so yeah she was stopped with a car filled with dildos on her um yeah. boots so yeah that's also yeah. fun <laughs> what are you i doing? love it i love it <laughs> how would you define bravery i've been thinking quite a lot about this actually because yeah i'm like grateful for the opportunity to think about it because i feel like i've never thought about it before and like listening to some other episodes it's not as straightforward as maybe i thought it was and i keep thinking that i've reached definition and being like oh no but what i've reached <laughs> is doing something that you think is necessary when you anticipate a negative response. Mm -hmm. That's a very well thought out and like uh, written out idea. Oh yeah, I've been I've been really thinking about it. But yeah, I think the idea of doing something that you think is important. And I guess there's like a sliding scale of this, right? But like whether that's I I suppose to me the ultimate example is something that you think is like socially or politically or like culturally important you know that's kind of like that has an element of like justice to it I think those are the bravest things to do but I think that can be on a personal level like I think it can be speaking up about something that you know like telling a friend that that they're doing something that you don't like or and I know this has come up quite a lot with you before but the idea of like whether comedy is brave or not and I think there is a degree of bravery in being like this is a thing that is important for me Mm -hmm. to do and I'm gonna do it And again, I think that idea of there being a possible negative response is important because, and again, that can be like really, really bad. That could be like a threat to your physical safety, but that could just be like that you think people won't laugh at you. So I think that is, and I, so I guess this is my roundabout way of saying that I think maybe doing comedy, especially starting to do comedy Mm -hmm. is a little bit brave, but that I think the ultimate bravery is probably like speaking out about an injustice when like you might be killed for it, yeah. you know? That's a different type of bravery, but it's kind of all part of the same thing. Yeah, it's like thing. Uh, this is used for a lot of things, but it's kind of like a spectrum, right? So it comes from a yeah. small yeah. small acts of bravery to the huge acts of bravery. Yeah. Uh, but I like the idea of expecting a negative result. I think that's like a neat way of saying it. Yeah, because I think that's the thing is, I think like two people could do the same thing, but in different circumstances, And if they thought, I was thinking of the example that um, I think Caitlin mentioned about saying that you need a mental health day at work. And I could see that in some workplaces, if that wasn't the culture, that would be a brave thing to say. But I, in my experience, I've been quite lucky. It's because I like work (laughs) in the arts. (laughs) I've been quite lucky that I've never felt worried about saying something like that because I know know that it would just be fine. So therefore it's not brave, you know, it's just... It's just part of... Your... It's just part, yes. of, part of my life. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought about moments in your life in which you have been brave? Yeah, I was trying to think about this. I mean, I could think of quite a lot of personal 
examples um like like kind of very like interpersonal ones like I was <laughs> remembering a time that I like someone I'd broken up with someone and then like asked them to take me back mm. which like felt very brave <laughs> but it's interesting I I most of the examples I thought of were like quite small like that or to be honest most of the ones that came to mind because I'm bi were like like when I came out to my parents the first time that I went to a gay bar like these moments where I felt truly very scared of what the situation would be but that it felt like yeah. very very important that I do that what was the negative response you were afraid of when you went for to a gay bar for the first time yeah I know it's a funny one isn't it I think maybe it was just That, that I had like complete uncertainty about about what it would be like and about how I would feel about it so within that uncertainty was like a spectrum of possible negative outcomes I guess like there's always a degree and I, I think I don't know particularly like as a bisexual person I always have a fear of being seen as like an imposter in a queer space so there's that thing of like and I guess because I like present as quite like yeah. feminine that I'm always really worried that if I'm in a gay bar, people are going to be like, oh, another straight woman just like coming for a fun night. <laughs> so I think there's there's definitely an element of that. Yeah. But then also just like rejection, flirtation, all of yeah. that kind of stuff as well. That idea of finding your space in, in the queer scene has mm. come up, up, up in the podcast before because I'm also bi or pan or whatever. Mm. Uh, I like to to identify myself as queer but that's very generalist and mm. not very specific. yeah yeah but yeah and also like I present as femme and yeah maybe I, I I feel the same thing as maybe sometimes mm. people will think oh this straight woman is <laughs> yeah I don't know I feel like the queer spaces are very specifically targeted at some groups sometimes not all of them but are like mm. um this night is for butch uh femmes Mm. No, no butch lesbians <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah sometimes uh, when you're not as I don't know I was also talking about labels with someone the other day and how I think labels are super nice sometimes like as mm. someone who grows up in a heteronormative society it's really cool to mm. find your label as a queer person and realize that you're not alone and there are other people who are queer and yeah, that's yeah. all nice but then also very restrictive and uh, make mm. people feel separated within groups and yeah. they can't jump between groups or that they, they don't yeah. feel accepted in certain spaces and the lgbtq community should be there to support each other right and sometimes it mm. feels like you're not welcome in all the spaces do you mm. feel that or i know i definitely do and i think a moment that I found really validating in a way that I didn't realize that I needed was when, so our friend Keris, who did a Soho course with us, yes. which I feel like is getting a lot of airtime <laughs> on this podcast, but they run like a bisexual cabaret night and I like performed at one and the idea of it just being that all the performers are bi and, and it's like, it's like comedy, drag, kind of like more sort of cabaret burlesque stuff but it was it was amazing and I think I realized that it was the only time in my life that I had been in a specifically bisexual space yeah and that there were like jokes that people were making there was like a joke that they made about like bisexuals having to come out like over a million times in their life and things like that where you're like oh no that is that is a difference in experience between 
like a gay person and a bi person like there are just specific things that I hadn't yeah that, that I hadn't maybe like articulated or realized about my own identity that when I was in that environment I was like oh my god actually I this this is amazing and I feel so seen and this feels really great so I think that made me realize how in some queer spaces I haven't felt that way yeah yeah for sure that just reminded me because usually I feel like that bi erasure comes sometimes when like someone who is bi is in a heterosexual relationship with mm -hmm. a relationship oh, yeah. with someone from the other gender so you feel like oh no this person is heterosexual they're not bisexual but I was listening to uh, Queer Rose uh, Cameron Esposito's podcast the other day and the guest was Alan Cummings and he was mm. saying he was bisexual and he's married with a man for like the past 15 years I think mm. and he was like but I am still bisexual and I'm like yeah it's the first time I hear like it's important someone... yeah. yeah so yeah that yeah. was like, a, a nice thing as well to to realize but yeah you see it you see it so much historically as well right that like And it's obviously hard to know. You can't like assume, you know, someone's sexuality who's like dead. But that so often people who, from my perspective, seem to be bisexual are, are written about as being like, I don't know, like, oh, they had these relationships with the oppo opposite gender, but then they, they finally <laughs> realized that they were gay and then they had this relationship. And you're like, no, but couldn't. I think, I think like Freddie Mercury is quite a famous yeah. example that like he had seemingly like fulfilling relationships with women as well but they're presented as he's like lying to himself and that he's actually gay and like all of that and I just find that narrative really really strange yeah that's I think that's why I I thought like the Alan Cummings thing was cool because yeah, yeah he, had, really cool. he now is married for like 15 years uh with a man so yeah <laughs> maybe people will say he... and he also said he doesn't mind people saying he's gay or bisexual or whatever he uh, accepts all the um, all the names <laughs> this is weird to say not yeah. all the names people throw at him don't insult yeah. him but... <laughs> yeah oh no yeah i think i think it's interesting. so yeah i mean i guess in in terms of bravery then i guess there is an element of maybe it's brave to be bi i'll tell you that <laughs> and to and to and to be to be like vocal about that when in both like straight and queer spaces yeah. because I feel like there is an element of it's so fun erasure from everyone <laughs> it's true in different ways and I like the also the perceptions people have of you in different spaces uh, I guess mm -hmm. sometimes it's like oh you, can't, you just can't like make your mind up no I just mm. like yeah, any gender yeah. whatever yeah. yeah so yeah it's a weird yeah. weird one and I guess like coming up to your parents and your family it's also like something that everyone will understand why uh, it's mm. more of a scary thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it was, there have been very few times in my life that I have actually physically struggled to speak, like been so nervous that I like actually can't form words. And that was one, I remember like, it feels like a bit of a cliche, but kind of like fully choking on the words, like just it, it feeling so, so terrifying. But I was very lucky and my parents were very nice. And did you also like feel free to say you don't want to talk about it? But <laughs> was it like a conscious choice that I'm going to come out to my parents now because I, I'm choosing this time? Or was it because you were in a relationship with someone from the same gender? No. So, yeah, it was I was young. I was like 14, I think. And I think it was just something that was like really playing on my mind. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I just felt like I really needed to say 
it's funny because my parents actually be like we don't really talk like I don't actually really tell them when I'm like in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone we I don't know we just don't talk about it yes. um so yeah there's never really been that element of it but yeah I just felt this like need to say something I also don't talk about relationships with my parents yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. No, it's weird, isn't it? Like, because I've got some friends who will like have a date and like call their mum and be like, "Oh my god, mum, I went on this date," and I'm just like, "Whoa, that is great for you, but I do not have that relationship yeah. with my parents." And I have, I have a really great relationship with my parents, but it's just not that. But then I, a part of me is like, did I make it that way? Do you know, what I'm, like, was it because I didn't talk about it? Because one of my, one of my friends recently was like. um, maybe your parents would actually love to talk to you about it. But like you put up a barrier and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> maybe I did. So I don't know. It's, it's an odd one. Cause like, yeah, I feel like I have had very few longer relationships and like what you could call more serious, although n- none of it is serious, I guess. <laughs> uh, there's always laughter. Um, I love that. So it's maybe that cause like if you were to move mm. in with someone you'll talk about that yeah her. you kind of have <laughs> yes. to say uh, but yeah I think it's probably a barrier that I put myself up because mm. just um, what will I tell my parents it's also what will you tell your parents I yeah. went on a date I we eat, eat it off we went home together. yeah yeah like... it was good <laughs> do you have brothers or sisters I have a sister younger or older older oh interesting because I was gonna I was wondering whether because I'm an oh, I've got a younger brother and I was wondering whether because I was the oldest, I like set the precedent. Like, does your, does, is your sister the same as you, do you think? I don't know, my sister of... has been in a relationship for, I don't know, 20 years? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, longer. fair. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? Fair. Uh, yeah. fair. I just like, also because I live far away from my parents, it's like not that... I don't have to tell yeah. them, like, I'm not around them and have to tell them, yeah, hey, you're not, like, I'm going out because yeah, 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 uh, I'm yeah, going yeah. to meet this person. So, yeah, that is, like, yeah, for I sure. guess uh, a more distant thing. Also, like, my parents don't tell me anything. Uh, I <laughs> <did> say I <laughs> okay. do have this bit on a stand-up set. Uh, and he's healthy now is uh, when my father had lung cancer and they let me know, like, the week before he went into surgery. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's told... very, that feels very old-fashioned to me to like keep that sort of thing really quiet yeah interesting yeah, i think it's because i'm far away and they don't want me to worry but it's yeah also dumb because uh what a week uh. yeah <laughs> wow i compare that because then i had a 20 year old cat at that time and i was uh, very worried that she might die and they wouldn't tell me so she was a little bit like schrodinger's cat I wasn't never sure if she was dead or alive. <laughs> yeah, every time you call, is the cat alive? I love that. On the other side of the spectrum, are there moments in your life in which you haven't done something because you were you weren't brave or you were afraid? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this as well, and I think to me it feels like the kind of bigger picture brave stuff, the more like socially important stuff is where I feel conscious that I could do more and it, it also on a personal level in terms of like calling people out on stuff and I don't know like volunteering my time to do stuff speaking out about stuff I think 
And I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, a lot of people are thinking about that at the moment, Mm -hmm. given everything that's been going on, especially with BLM and everything. But I, on reflection, I'm like, oh, I don't have many examples of that large scale bravery in my life, which I think I should, because because the negative consequences for me (laughs) would not be that great because I'm in a very privileged position. So, yeah, I think I can't, there's not... No, there probably are specific examples, to be honest, that I can think of where like, I think I should have said something or done something. But I think in general, I feel like I could be like, braver in that yeah. regard. I also find that a tricky one, because although like I understand, uh, especially in America, the BLM pro- protests this time around were like so huge. And so like yeah. um, I think it was very important to see that long period of time of people going to the streets and just actually putting themselves in danger because the police was on Mm. the streets and not being Mm. nice to the protesters but for me sometimes the protesting like doing the demonstrations and stuff doesn't feel like it leads to change Mm. yeah i think i think it's a combination of things isn't it like i think part of the importance of the protests as i see them is in like realizing how many people believe the same thing that you do like i did go to one this summer and it was just amazing to be like oh, like, all of these people agree that, like, something needs to change. And, like, that, I think, is very powerful on an individual level. But, yeah, I think you have to combine that with more, like, proactive stuff. But, again, it's hard, like, that's the big thing, isn't it? It's, like, what, what? what are the concrete things that we actually yeah. do? I've been very worried about world democracy lately because <laughs> I think world yeah, democracy falling apart. is falling apart. <laughs> And it's very hard to know what to do. I really want to do something because, again, I'm in, like, a, a privileged position. Uh, mm. And I don't feel like there's... there is Like, if democracy crumbles, uh, the risk is there for all of us. But yeah. I don't... I really don't know what are concrete things I can do to I know, it's so fight hard. It. It's so hard. But, yeah, I think the thing that I find helpful is thinking about, like, what specific skills or like connections or whatever you have that you could use you know rather than be like I need to fix everything (laughs) be like okay so you know like my example is like I went to Oxford so it's like can I put pressure on Oxford to change its curriculum and its admissions process as an alumni Mm -hmm. like that's you know possibly a useful thing that I could do rather than being like how do we change the laws or whatever but yeah it's a tricky one but that's the yeah that's the sort of bravery that I think should do more of because again as I say like the negative consequences for me probably fine so (laughs) is there anything coming up in your life for which you will have to be brave Ooh, that's a good question it's hard to know what's coming up right now (laughs) I I realized that I was like trying to think about what I'm doing next and I was like it's just a big grey space the future right now honestly I'm not sure like I mean I do wanna I'm like writing a show at the moment which with my comedy partner but then actually that having said comedy is brave I think comedy is brave when you start doing it I don't now think it's brave for me to do comedy because I like to an extent know what I'm doing (laughs) maybe it's brave to do a new thing yeah uh like a new show so that trying to date more I feel like dating sometimes requires bravery I feel like every time I like arrive on like a hinge date in the 30 seconds before I see the person I have like a full existential crisis (laughs) and I'm like 
what am I doing? This is insane. <laughs> I'm meeting a stranger off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been fine so far. Yeah. I remember a period, like a few years ago, that I like was actively dating, having more than, I don't know, more than one date a week, I guess. Uh, oh, and wow. I, I would like text my friend saying, I'm going to this place. And like, I do. Yeah, live location. Yeah. I consciously know that if something happens, it will be too late. But at least they know where I yeah. was. And at they least can... where they, they know where to find the body. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But again, that's very like small scale stuff. But I. It's scary. I, mean, I guess, like, especially really now scary. during this period of time, are you dating now? A bit. Like, it's also like the only date you can do legally yeah. is going on a walk. Yeah. And it's cold and dark. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everybody's getting really into like hot alcoholic drinks, <laughs> mulled wines, or like hot toddies, or like trying to work out, yeah, how you can keep warm and get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah a bit but it's weird it's weird and I think also like there's an added layer of um risk right because there's not just the question of oh do I fancy this person do I want to kiss them there's also like do I fancy this person enough to risk getting covid if I kiss them (laughs) like the bar is higher which maybe is a good thing but the bar is definitely higher but makes things Uh, so much difficult right because also like I think uh being close to someone uh like physically close to someone during a date makes you understand whether you are into them yes and when you are going on a walk and keeping some distance when you first go out because covid so you don't get that like physical feel to it which is hard i've been on some dates like the first one i've been on was in the summer uh during this period of covid and my date didn't want to take the mask off uh, at any point uh, so oh. we just walked around victoria park with our masks on having a conversation and i i don't like uh, judging people on my podcast publicly but like <laughs> I, it was like i wasn't super into her but also like the thing of like let's just walk around for an hour with our masks on that's it's hard to to like form any kind of like romantic or sexual chemistry especially if you like can't see someone's mouth like I also just find it very weird interacting with anyone socially with a mask on yeah because you're only hitting the eyes right so yeah and like you can't yeah just not being able to really tell if someone's smiling or (laughs) it's especially new meeting new people like with my friends it's fine because I'm like I know how (laughs) I know how their face works but meeting new people I find very like weird and I feel like I'm staring at their eyes a lot. Yeah. It's very strange. I also feel like consent is different. It's like bigger Mm. because you're not just having a relationship with that person who will traditionally be the person who will give you consent to go Mm. forward with things. If they have flatmates, if they are working, all those people, I'm also putting those people at risk of COVID. So it's, that's uh, so yeah I hadn't thought of it like that it's kind of because that's the thing to be fair I have had to have that conversation with my flatmates of like do you guys mind if I go on dates and blah 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 yeah I guess there's just like more people involved yeah I hadn't thought of it like that yeah and in a less fun scenario than an orgy so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're not even having sex with all of them <laughs> Is there someone like real or fictional or someone famous or just someone from your life that you would use as an example of bravery? Oh, you know, I was also trying to think about this. 
I'm kind of struggling with it. I think, so I studied history, <laughs> big history nerd. I think there's like a lot of historical examples of like incredible bravery. And again, I to me, the pinnacle of, of bravery is like, is speaking out about injustice in a way that puts yourself at risk. So like anyone involved in like, like I was going to say suffragettes, but they were, they were actually quite privileged, but yeah. there was a degree, <laughs> there was a degree of risk there. And like, the civil rights movement and like they I guess they're obvious examples and they get like a maybe unnuanced like brave reputation historically mm-hmm. but I think it is true like I think I think that is massively brave but yeah I mean exact like current examples fictional examples is quite <laughs> funny as well but I'm trying to who are yours? Can you give ah. me some inspiration? <laughs> Has anyone ever asked you this? <laughs> I, th- I think not, and I haven't thought about it for some reason. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know, like a classical example of someone I think was very brave is Frida Kahlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she chose to live in her own way, and she mm-hmm. chose to keep living despite being in pain. And she mm. chose to have relationships the way she wanted to have relationships. Mm. Yeah, great example. Yeah, I, I suppose it. the more adversity you face, the braver you have to be. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's why I don't feel like I have that many examples of bravery because I am in a very fortunate position, which is absolutely not something I'm complaining about. Yeah. But I think it's easy to get like comfortable in that mm-hmm. and then not... F- be braver because I don't think I have to be brave daily as part of my existence but you know other people definitely do I'm still trying to think of an example that good though wow (laughs) that's a great one there's also like the thing because when I ask if there's something in your future for which you will have to be brave a few people have answered I hope not a little bit (laughs) I like that because of of that feeling like if you will have to be brave it's because something it means it's something is happening that yeah it means yeah I guess it means there's some level of like adversity although I quite like on the flip side of that I do I think it's important it's like again a cliche it's important to do things that scare you but like I think when I need to be brave and when I feel very nervous about something it often shows me that it's something really important and I think you kind of need that like I wouldn't want everything to just come too easy yeah but I also don't want it to be really, really hard. <laughs> but I also like, I positioned the podcast a little bit like, yeah, brave things, but also things out of your, of your comfort zone. Because I think that's yeah something easier for you to think about or like do, consciously do. I Like I'm going to do something yeah. that I don't feel very comfortable with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that is that, like what I see as like low level bravery. Yeah. Like it is, it is the same thing, but you know, not as the stakes aren't as high, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've also started making a list because I want to start my intros differently. And I've like, I think the last episode that came out already came with that intro where I'm going to say, I'm going to start the episode by saying something brave I did this week or like this mm. year or something like that. I like that. So I'm doing a list of things and all of them are like very small or very personal. The, the thing you were saying, mm. there's like personal bravery stuff mm. that uh, I think are things and one of them that I wrote down which is probably the one I'll record in the intro of like this week's podcast so people will have heard it by the time your episode comes out is that I've I've been walking at night with my earphones on Mm. which is something I didn't used to do because 
I want to be aware of my surroundings in case, I don't know, something, someone jumps out from mm. a bush or something. But I feel like it's because I'm more comfortable with my, because I, if I'm in like a strange place, a new place, I will probably not put my earphones on because mm. I need to be more aware. But I, I've been walking the same streets all the time. Mm. So I know where people might be hiding and I can mm, yeah. instead of you here. Know the hiding spots. Yeah, I know yeah. all the hiding spots, all the good hiding spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. It's so funny, isn't it, though, that question of like, because is bravery also like risk taking? Like there is that question of where where does bravery end and like, Stupidity begins. Stupidity begins. <laughs> and that's definitely not me saying that that's a stupid thing to do. But like, it's interesting. If you were to say like, I'm going to new parts of London and walking around with my headphones on, I think I would be like, hmm. I just want to thrill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is, a, it is a fine line. And maybe sometimes it is good to be a bit stupid. Also, like, I know, I know the, like, the walking in the dark with earphones is different because it's not only the... Um thing of living in a female body that makes you be endangered in the dark when you Mm. are not listening to your surroundings but it's also like another thing that I sometimes consider is whether because I used to not wear like revealing clothes especially Mm. like cleavage stuff because I knew people would like call it out or say Mm. things that made me feel uncomfortable and maybe a little bit scared for my Mm. safety and now I do and I think I don't yeah again it's like there is a spectrum of bravery and I don't I think that's like brave, brave yeah. but I think it's it's that thing about why should you let someone encro- encroach on your freedom of dressing mm. in a way you like dressing mm. yeah for sure because it sure. may be it may be cons- yeah it's that's, that's blame the vi- victim thing right because uh oh you're putting our uh, cleavage out there for people to look and feel I- enticed by um, yeah yeah no i i'm not i'm just doing it because they exist and <laughs> whatever and yeah. they're they're yours yeah, yeah. That's, oh yeah no that is that is another really good example i'm still trying to think of a really brave person yeah. you know I'm like looking around my room, I'm like... <laughs> That's what I did, I'm going to be honest, because I have Frida Kahlo on my wall, oh, so I, I looked see. at her. I see, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> I've got a Frank Bowling poster behind my desk. I guess he's pretty brave, <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, kind of, I guess anyone who is sort of like, pursues, it's exactly what you're saying about Frida Kahlo, like, it kind of like, lives authentically and pursues what they want or feel that they need I think I care quite a lot about what people think about me so anyone who's yeah who are like people who are really themselves this is like a, it's honestly it's like a job interview you know when you get asked for an example of something you're like I've forgotten everyone <laughs> everything that I've ever done in my life I did also go to like an online speed dating thing the other day and like before you logged in they asked you to put like your name and whatever your pronouns I think and then someone an idol or something like that and they had an example mm. of it was again Frida Kahlo because I guess yeah. the, the, the example everyone has and I was like yeah. I, I don't want to write Frida Kahlo even though she is because that's the example <laughs> she, they she give me is. who else is there I don't know I can't remember anyone I can't remember I didn't write Frida Kahlo I wrote someone else and I can't remember who I, I'm also seeing David Bowie in my walls yeah brave. I guess he's also another brave person 
and then I'm seeing myself and my friends who friends. <laughs> well, everybody said right. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna think of one. Yeah. Maybe I'll email you. <laughs> I bet the second that we stop recording, I'll think of one. <laughs> you clearly thought about um, issues of bravery since I've invited you on the podcast. Is there something that you've thought about that I haven't asked you about? I don't. Nothing in particular. I think the the only other thought that I had is that I think maybe we generally think of bravery, well, at least I do, and I think in, like, culture and whatever, we think of bravery as quite physical. Mm -hmm. And I, again, like, work in the arts, so actually don't do very many physical things and have luckily been, like, very healthy. You know, I haven't had any, like, big, like, major health concerns. So I, I was just thinking about it first in that way of, like, oh, I don't really have, like examples of being physically brave either but that I think to me that actually is like a big type of bravery like literally the only thing that's what I'm doing I'm giving blood next week which I've done a few times but it does like kind of scare me every time and realistically it's tiny and not a big deal but that thing of being like like I've never been in a fight (laughs) (laughs) or like I don't know anything like that do you you cycle I cycle, yeah. You yeah, just cycle yeah, in London. That's like one of my biggest So that's brave. And yeah, it's a I guess it is. Bravery thing. Yeah. It, yeah, it is a bit. It's funny because I think you do just get used to it. And like, I sort of forget how dangerous it is. And then every now and then we'll see like a cyclist hit a pedestrian or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God. I was ran, a- ran over by a cyclist in New York once. and It was oh horrible because I was crossing the street on the green light and I heard someone say, watch out. And I like, what? And there was a bicycle on top of me. And I oh was on God. the floor. I had like, okay? uh, I was okay. I had a bruise of the, like the wheel on my, I think it was my leg, not my arm actually. But yeah, I had a, a, a Bru- uh, uh, wheel-shaped bruise on my leg for a while. What did it? Did it run over you? Like it didn't. It just like it just like hit me, and I fell on the floor when it hit me. My my biggest fear is that the light was turning red for pedestrians as I while I was on the floor, and my my thought went to the cars will start going, and I'm on the floor. In the oh my god! Uh, it, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> my thankfully. god, you imagine getting yeah. hit by a bike and then run over by like 10 cars. Shit. Wow, that's intense. Was the cyclist okay? Like, how was the cyclist the... was okay and offered to take me to the hospital? And I was like, no, I'm in America. <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, yeah, I cannot afford to do that. Thank you. Oh man, that is scary. Yeah, I think, yeah, thankfully, nothing bad has ever happened to me on my bike, but it's just luck. Like, people get so badly hurt in London all the time. I, I was once au pairing in Italy and I was like, going cycling with the kids and I was like do you have any bike helmets and the dad was like no no like you don't need a helmet it's fine I was like I always wear a helmet and he was like that's crazy you don't need to do that and I was like well listen in London people die and I think I said it really dramatically and he just laughed he just laughed for like a whole minute he was like you're ridiculous you don't need a helmet and I was like oh fine <laughs> it also feels like the way you said it, 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 in england people die it's like yeah they do, like yeah. no one dies outside of the uk yeah he's like i don't i don't know if you realize For any cause <laughs> but people actually die um another thing and again i don't know if you want to talk about it so it's fine if you don't i think you still have the same job you do social media for tate right I do marketing, yeah. Marketing, okay. Because that for me, it's like a huge thing as well because you're putting your work to uh, 
a huge reach like right it's oh like... yeah so I do yeah sometimes I do and in lockdown actually I was helping out our social media team specifically writing and researching posts and stuff yeah that oh my god the first one that I did I was so scared and posted it takes like three million followers yeah. posted it and there was like a typo <laughs> the second one <laughs> And the comments were like, um, I think you've misspelled this. And I was like, oh, God. But yeah, that's that's. But again, it's funny, isn't it? Like a lot of stuff is scary and requires bravery the first time you do it. But I was doing it like every day for a few months. And then it just then you get like too relaxed and you're like, yeah. oh, whatever. <laughs> just put this out. But I was always my biggest fear with that because I have Tate logged in on my Instagram on my phone. My biggest, biggest fear is always that I will post a story accidentally to Tate's Instagram channels, that'll be me like, <laughs> like goofing around or whatever. Oh my god, I just, I actually still can't. I've never done it, but I still just can't think about it. I have done that in like Funnyman's account, and oh. I immediately noticed. So there was like a yeah. second of it being out, but it's like also like one of the ah, what? Ah. Yeah, it's, too easy. it's is too easy. Way smaller, so yeah, that's why like the three million is like. Ooh scary it's yeah it's almost like just you can't get my head around it like i can't i can't imagine how many people three million actually is yeah crazy it's crazy see you are brave in a lot of ways in a lot of <laughs> tiny tiny ways <laughs> also like how do you think about like going back to comedy you say like the first few times you feel like you had had to be braver was your fear just partly because people might not laugh at you people might heckle you yeah I think it was like definitely a fear of people just not finding me funny um and even not going well but I think also just the the more general fear of like uncertainty like you know when you start gigging you don't know how an open mic works mm -hmm. you don't know what it feels like or what to expect or all of that and like even like which are the right gigs to do like I still have that a bit like if I'm doing a gig that I've never done before I am always like a bit more nervous because yeah. even just like not knowing what the room is gonna look like mm -hmm. and how many people there are gonna be and all of this stuff like there's a lot of uncertainty but yeah you definitely get to a point where I think you sort of like know yeah roughly how it works and it stops being as scary and I don't want to to assume that that has happened to you but i'm assuming uh you have had less good gigs uh oh yeah 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 <laughs> no actually all my gigs are always incredible <laughs> oh no i've had it's i think it's it's you know it's part of the thing isn't yeah. it it's part of the whole deal but oh man i've had some bad gigs <laughs> so it also like becomes less scary right because you understand that the bad gigs are also like Fine. okay yeah 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 and that yeah that's exactly that's the thing it's like once the once the sort of like worst thing has happened to you you're kind of like oh like it's it's horrible like the feeling of being on stage I think especially like doing characters because I'm never myself on stage <laughs> it, like when a character's not going well people like you know people like do, sometimes people don't seem to realize I'm doing a character or they just like don't think it's funny and then I'm just like doing something really really like goofy on stage to silence and I'm like pretending to be like another person and it just something about that I find it's just such a bizarre experience doing something that is like really really silly to like actual silence but again like 
then it then it's over. It's like five what five ten minutes. That's fine. Then nobody speaks of it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that people don't realize that you're playing a character, like because one of the characters you do is a cyclist, and I think you've said before that sometimes people are just like, uh, "What's happening?" And you're yeah. actually like moving in a way, like if you were on a bicycle without no bicycle there, and it's like, yeah, of uh, a real person will then believe they were cycling yeah <laughs> to be fair the, there was what there's one gig in particular that's like seared into my memory where i was doing that character but it was before i had started doing the like imaginary yeah. cycling so i was actually just standing still and like he's a really gross character he's just meant to be like a you know wealthy like the kind of like older white guys who cycle around london and spend like five grand on a bike and whatever but so he's like quite a horrible character And it was really weird. I think that's the other thing with satirical characters is sometimes people think that you mean it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think people, for the first, like, minute, I was like, I think they're taking this completely seriously. And I didn't really know, like, how to be like, guys, it's all a joke. Yeah, it's hard, Every right? Because of this. if you yeah. are doing stand-up as yourself, you can, like, call it out. Um, yeah. It's not going well. People aren't understanding what you're... But as a character, you can't break character and tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm a pretend character. Yeah, or I mean, you can, but it's... It breaks the... It's not good. <laughs> like, sometimes you have to be like, Okay. <laughs> People didn't like that one. All right. I did one live gig in the past eight months between the two lockdowns. Yeah. And I did... Because I... I, I In improv, I do a lot of physical stuff. And mm. with stand-up, I, I guess I do a lot less. And I want to like start bringing some of that in to my stand-up as mm. well. Yeah, yeah. And my idea that I took to the live gig, because like, you can't really try physical stuff uh, on online gigs. So it's a little bit, mm. I can't, these ideas I'm getting, I can't try anywhere. Uh, but I was thinking that I want to be more like a dog. So I started the gig by going on stage, pre pretending to be a dog with like my body. Right. And it Love was it. weird, because you could there was like a mixed reaction from the audience. There were people that were just like silent, probably thinking what the fuck's happening. And it was like yeah. a, a mixed bill thing. So there were cabaret mm. acts, but I was okay. introduced as a stand-up. So I'm guessing they were just expecting oh, really? to come on the mic. She's not standing up. Know, what's happening? Uh, and then like some nervous giggling, I think of people thinking, what the fuck is happening? Will this be funny yeah. or will this just be a person? I like, I do like a nervous giggle though. That It's quite fun because I used to do a character who was like a version of myself, but much, much posher. So it was kind of like who people think that I am when they meet me. And she like had a horse and all this stuff. And I came on stage and I, like my voice was like so, so posh. And for the first like 30 seconds, people would like often not know whether it was a character or whether I was just incredibly posh. Yeah. And it was so funny because people would laugh, but they would be like, oh, I don't want to laugh at her. <laughs> so it would be like... <laughs> <laughs> And it was so satisfying to be like, oh, guys, yes. <laughs> It's That's actually... Funny. I'm in on the joke. <laughs> We're at the end of the podcast. Yes. I actually have a meeting now oh. as well. So, <laughs> so the, the only... Like, the last, last thing I'll ask is if you have anything to promote. I would just say my Instagram, Kathy Kathy MM. Um, where, as you know, I like up, try and upload. At the moment, I'm doing one a week, but that's lockdown. But yeah, character videos when I have time. 
be great if people follow me on there. And I like, and then if I'm doing shows, it will all like be on there. Cool. So who knows what's going to happen in February? <laughs> Maybe we'll be out and about. We want, but yeah. Maybe we'll be allowed to perform again. Yeah. Uh. Uh, thank you so much for accepting to be. Thank a guest you. This has been so interesting. I've had a really great time. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at @marianisbeats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week.